Hello, Eves, Lou and Old, and welcome back to Gateway to the Anniverse, the podcast that aims to guide an anime novice to the weird, wide, and wonderful world of Japanese animation. My name is Sam, a self-proclaimed anime expert, and with me, as always, is our novice, Will. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Yes, the show where we talk about anime, uh, films, books, b- garbage we've been watching on TV, whatever really takes our fancy. Um, today... Absolutely. Sam and I are going to discuss a couple of things. I hope you enjoy them. You'll have seen from the title what they are. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. Sam, have, yes. you, have you seen the Mario movie? Oh my God. Yes, I have. I watched it. Great. I haven't seen it. Spoil everything for me. Off you go. Fantastic. Let's get started. Mario dies. What? I don't believe you. No, I'm kidding. Of I course don't believe not. you. Um, yeah, no, yeah. The Mario movie came out by Illumination and it's been in development for quite a long time. The release date kept getting pushed back uh, a lot because Miyamoto, uh, father of Mario, father of Nintendo, uh, wasn't happy with the direction it was going and asked for a number of different changes to be made uh, to the script and to the visual representation of the film. Um, yeah, and I got the chance to go and see it. It's only just come out now in Japan, um, a month later than the rest of the world. So... Joy of joys. I went and saw it in the cinema. So basically what you're saying is I've had an extra month longer to see it and still haven't seen and it. And yet you still haven't. Yes. It hasn't been out a month. I don't believe it. It came out, out a month. 4th of April. So it's just under a month, just shy of a month. Yeah. As okay. of now. Yeah, that sounds so, about right. I'll let you off I might, this I might go see it today. Oh, please I'll just do. just go see and it. You can come back yeah. with your opinions. Yeah. So, so what do you want to know about the Mario movie? Um, I want to know is... So I've actually uh, exposed myself to a few spoilers because I'm not a big Nintendo Mario boy. Uh, I hate to say it. Um, so this is... <gasps> I, from what from what I can tell, um, this is sort of like a love letter to the fans more than anything, to the for the nostalgia mm. element rather than like a oh, great, yeah. great film. Um, mm. uh, what were you, I want to know basically, how does it rank as an actual movie? So remove your rose-tinted glasses, remove your nostalgia. Yeah, thank you. Good. Now put them back on because I know you can't see me. I Um, can't see anything. Can you be brutally honest with yourself? You might not be able to. You might might not be able to remove yourself from it and tell me, what is this movie? What is this a good movie? No. Ah, okay. Categorically. And you know what? This is why I haven't seen it. Um. Like you said, this film lives and dies by the nostalgia and those rose-tinted glasses. Um, if you have played basically any Mario ever, there is something in this movie that is directly targeted as, oh, I know that thing. Mm. Look at it there. There it is. We've got like we've got Donkey Kong is here. We've got Rainbow Road. There's the GameCube startup sound effect plays as a character's ringtone at one point. Like right, there are so yeah. many little details. And clearly a lot of, Mario passion is there. Like the filmmakers like the source material. They've, they've done their research. Everything fits together really nicely to create this really visually impressive mushroom kingdom full to the brim with references to every Mario game that has ever come out over this 35 plus years. Yeah. But the problem is it's an isekai. It's an isekai. So, okay. Mario what? and Luigi are just two down on yes. their like plumbers from Brooklyn and they literally literally fall into a random pipe which transports them to the Mushroom Kingdom. And that's a Bowser. problem for you? Yes. Because Why? they never talk about it again. Like, it's just this... And I, I get the feeling they're trying to set up for sequels and, and maybe broadening out the the nintendo verse potentially right okay yeah great because there, there's like a moment where peach is like there are so but, many galaxies out there and different worlds and i'm like uh, but they've used uh, all of the things well this <laughs> is the, this is the other thing yeah like they have they've basically front-loaded this film with references and power-ups and other things from the franchise that if there was a sequel i don't know what else they could do but go look it's this, this again, again. <laughs> yeah yeah it sounds like sounds to me like they've gone right we they know what it, they want it to be they want it to be this hard-hitting nostalgia filled uh, experience for everyone so what they've gone is they've gone right this is the plot beginning middle end and we're not going to focus on this because it's fine it's the plot and what we're going to mm-hmm. do is we're just going to attach all these little things all of these little 
we're going to hook this there, hook this there, hook this there. And the the story itself is just meh. Like they're not bothered. It gets from beginning to end. Happy yeah. days, winner at the end. But they haven't thought, the writers themselves haven't been creative in sort of the story they want to tell. I heard that it doesn't really have a third act. Like it just sort of finishes with the big bad yeah. being defeated. I mean, there but, is a, by the way, a... full spoilers if you didn't get that from the intro. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, we're going to go listening. All in. I mean, it's a Mario movie. There's not exactly yeah. that much to spoil. Like, there's yeah. there's, there's Mario <laughs> there's and there's Bowser. Some he's going to beat Bowser, I guess. Um, there's a peach. yeah. So there's the thing about this movie is it's, it's both too fast trying to tell its story but also there's not a lot happening if that makes a lot of sense like Mm -hmm. mario arrives in the mushroom kingdom he goes to see peach and he's immediately training so that he can go with peach to go to donkey kong and then they go to donkey kong then he fights donkey kong then he gets in the carts now they're go-karting and they're fighting on the go-karts and like then it's the final battle and then oh no like it's game over and now we're back in brooklyn and now there's the fighting bowser and all of that, there's no time for any character to breathe. It is just happening, happening, happening. And I think the prop that's coming from this problem is it is a kid's movie first and foremost. Like I said up top, it's done by Illumination, who did the Minions yeah. movies. Yeah. And they have a very yeah, yeah. particular style of... Yeah, but the Minions movies aren't bad. Like, you haven't seen them, have you? We had I've this conversation watched, recently. I've, no, no, no. I've watched the first two. I think the... F- no, you've seen Despicable Me. No, I've seen Despicable Me, and I've watched Minions, and I've watched Minions oh, too. Oh, right, okay. I, I don't think the they're minions. bad movies. I I just hate them as characters, and that's why. Well, I don't that's like fine. The that's that's your subjective <laughs> opinion, but exactly. I don't think they're bad movies. I think they're yeah. quite narratively, like I, I, genuinely. I'm saying this, and I can't genuinely remember the plots, but I remember watching them at the time. Like, don't they do like, the whole backstory? What like, happened again? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I'm like that with everything. Um, I don't know. Okay, but whatever. Illuminations in this this example, not. Yeah, has a way of doing things. I guess you're saying, and yeah, like um, they're aiming it at kids. So there's a yeah. lot of kind of. But but okay, okay. Big humor. question though. Oh, are they? Because again, I haven't seen it, but I, from what I've heard and what I imagine, that the audience that mm. will get the most out of this is our generation, the ones that have grown up through the '64, through the sort of all all of the iterations of Mario, because. That I they're gonna reference loads of different like in, kids nowadays are gonna play the most recent game of, yeah, of Mario, so, Odyssey, so they're not going to right, stuff like they're that. not gonna have a lot of the references and things that are going on in the in this film. So is it just aimed at kids? Yes, or is it aimed at well, kids? Well, this movie and... has made a billion dollars. Movies don't make a billion dollars unless kids are going to see it like again and again and again. Yeah, but are they also just tapping into the nostalgia for the adults? Like the adults? No, they 100 percent are, and I think like this is again the reason why this movie has made a billion dollars is the fact that mm. parents can take their kids to see it. The kids are going, "Yay, Mario! He's getting punched by Donkey Kong. He's bouncing off the tubes. He can't stand up straight." Ha ha ha! Jokes about people wetting themselves and things like that. It's like that, mm. that kind of crass humor appeals to the kids. Yeah, stupid kids. Damn kid. But then all of that nostalgia bait and all of those references mean that parents don't mind coming back because it's it's a almost a soft, safe space. The kids are happy for an hour and a half. The adults are happy because they can go, I know that thing. That's a fun sound effect. I remember when I used to play this on the GameCube. Or Endorphins I, like, are ticking. It, yeah. Exactly. Okay. So yeah. I think plot-wise, it is 100% aimed at kids. But because yeah. it's Mario and because Nintendo were so closely involved... They have to bring all of that 35-year history into the fold and make something that anybody can go in and watch and be like, yeah, great. That was a movie. I think if I'm being critical, eh, I think the Sonic movies are better because yeah. there's actual... There's the Sonic actual... movies, yeah, from what I've seen of the Sonic movies, they're narratively really fairly strong. Like they have twists and they have... You know, There's third acts where like they 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 come back and they have to be stronger and they don't. Yeah, it's not just paint by numbers as a well bit. for the Sonic movies is I think stronger than the Mario Bros movies because in the Mario Bros movie 
it's called the Super Mario Brothers movie. So you would expect it to be really focused on Mario and Luigi. And there's this plot hook near the start of, as long as we're together, Luigi, then we can do anything. And then Luigi is immediately kidnapped. And then he's basically off screen for 70% of the movie, only coming back at the end. And I'm like, and that, and there's this like mini subplot about like their Mario and Donkey Kong's dads aren't proud of them or don't believe in them. And then that's resolved immediately at the end. doesn't feel good. Whereas when I think of like the Sonic movies, the first one is like a body cop style thing. And I wouldn't say it's a strong movie. I'd say it's probably about on par with the Mario film. But again, there's Ooh. there's a full arc. But the second Sonic movie leans into what makes the character so exciting and also gives him a arc of learning about himself and learning to treasure his family, even if they're found family. And that is a much stronger message that is more believable than we brothers can do anything together, but we've not really shown that off at all, apart from one scene at the start and one scene at the end. Like Sonic builds trust with his human friends and his new animal friends. And then it comes together nicely narratively at the end. Whereas this, it's just again, mile a minute and you've only got an hour and a half to fill because for some reason they've not extended this film out, which I kind of like. I like that it's shorter. Going back to short form. Yeah. I, I Shortening the movies. We get longer and longer and longer. It's like phones, <laughs> isn't it? We get smaller and smaller and smaller, and then and we'll get bigger and bigger and bigger. Stretch back out, yeah. Because I watched John Wick yeah. 4 recently as well. And oh, yeah. That's like a three-hour violent <sighs> movie, which doesn't feel like three hours. It goes by a ma- like rapid yeah. clip. This Great. is moving fast, but it feels longer. Because you're not yeah. as engaged. Because it's not, as- it's not good. Yeah. I mean, visually, animation is stunning. The world is yeah. beautifully realized. I don't so hate... So the, 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 um, the creators and the uh, digital artists and stuff that are involved in this, you know, it doesn't take any credit away from them. They've done an Absolutely. amazing job of what they what, of what they had to do and, and all of that sort of stuff. And, you know, you, you would expect that from something with this kind of budget. If they skimped mm. out on that sort of thing for a Nintendo product, you'd be a bit like, ah, what a money grab. Yeah. And... You know, I don't think you can really get away from the fact that it is like, yeah. The, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't know. I might be wrong. You, you, you will know more about this than me. But I don't really hear. A, I didn't really hear a big calling for a Mario movie. Yeah. So this is kind of hot off the heels of um, Nintendo trying to keep their brand strong and to kind of like bulk them up. I think the movie was announced. Oh, I want to say maybe twenty sixteen, maybe. I'm, I, don't, yeah. I, I can't remember exactly when, but um, this needed to be a winner because the last time we did a Mario Bros. movie, which was in 1993, it was the Bob Hoskins um, weird cyberpunk dinosaur dystopia, um, which bombed horribly and is one of the worst reviewed films of all time. So with video game... We should watch that. We should absolutely watch that. I have never actually <laughs> seen the full film, <laughs> but it sounds yeah. hilarious. Yeah, but yeah, like this. We should do some bad movies. We just should have like that a like so a sub series of uh, terrible movies yeah. that we we've, we've endured. Yeah, I think of some sort of like catchy name for it. But yeah, workshopping aside, um, because this had to be a hit, <laughs> that's why it was stalled for so long. And I think the choice to go mm-hmm. fully animated and to take arguably the biggest animation studio in the world to do this film getting such a big voice mm. cast on board. Uh, you've got Chris mm. Pratt, you've got Anna Taylor-Joy, you've got Jack Black, you've got um, mm. Keegan-Michael Key. And they all do a really good job. I think the weakest voice actor is probably Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, because he's just Seth Rogen. <laughs> but <laughs> it's clearly worse. I love we've got this far through the review before mentioning the voice acting, <laughs> because that's all everyone was talking about. All in the, the, on the up. This. Yeah. On like Chris Pratt? What? Chris Pratt? Italian plumber? What? You know what? He does yeah. a, actually a pretty convincing Italian Mario. There's like, a, you might have seen the clip going around of Mario and Luigi rapping about their plumbing business. And no, I haven't seen it. It's, it's, it's brilliant. And the end of the advert is they're okay. talking in like an Italian accent. And it sounds pretty good. Like, it's maintainable. But for the rest of the film, they kind of stick with this kind of Brooklyn accent for the, the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? Chris Pratt's pretty good. He's got little Italianisms that kind of sneak in. Because the, I mm. guess the idea is that however many generation off the boat. Italian yeah, yeah. Italian-American. Yeah. yeah. And and it sneaks in there. You, he, 
works it in kind of naturally um, when he's not being forced to shout Mamma Mia in slow motion as he gets kicked in the balls. Like, you know, mm. it, it's believable. And I think everyone's fears can be allayed that he is a good Mario. So yeah, good, good stuff. He is a good Mario. They'll put that on his tombstone. That would be nice. He was a good um, Mario. <laughs> Uh, okay. Any any final thoughts then before we move on? Because um, I haven't got any other comments. It sounds like a movie, and I may force myself to see it at some point. I think um, it's worthwhile to go and see, not just because it's now making gambusters at the box office, but I think again, if you have any passing affection for Mario, this will be worth your time. This is something that you will find something in. And enjoy. Oh, I also have to say, the needle drops in this are bad. Like, they play... Please explain needle drops. Uh, so, when, like, a popular pop song or uh, oh, pop culture okay. song plays over the top of the scene, they do some amazing, like, orchestral versions of the traditional Mario soundtrack that, like, really, like, Good. help build the scene. Good. And then they'll just play, like, No Sleep Till Brooklyn, because they're in Brooklyn. And I need a hero during a training montage. Sure. I'm like, this is literally the most uh, oh, like overdone examples of what the of these songs for this trope. Uh, and it's just every time it happens, I'm just go. I need a hero. Yeah, that makes me feel so. That uh, that reminds me of like if like my dad was writing a um, a kids movie. It's like, oh, we'll put this really boppy. Yeah. I need a hero music over the top. No one has ever done it better like, than Shrek. Yeah. Yeah, but like, again, Shrek would worked because it was tongue-in-cheek. Like, it was a parody of fantasy yep. and all of that sort of stuff. <laughs> and merging the genres. This is like almost too... It feels like it's too serious of a movie to be... Trying to actually... Do you know what I mean? It's just... Yeah. It's a, it's a cheap option. You need to think for a lot. And again, that goes to the whole movie. Like you need to think a little more for more than 30 seconds on what you're going to do. You, you know what? That actually sums up, I think, 90% of the attitude towards this. Perfectly. It it, it reminds me that I could imagine if you asked AI to do, to make <laughs> the Mario movie, this is what it had come Put up it with. the chat bot and it's like, this is it. it honestly. Yeah. Like you've hit the nail big actor, big big name actors, basic linear plot, some catchy music that drops at the right moment, like paint by numbers, AI done all the stuff, great, off you go, bish bash bosh, completely. That, That's what it feels like. like. <laughs> it does feel like that, and I think you're absolutely correct. It, it feels like the first draft of this mm. film, and they just went, okay, fine. And I don't know whether that's because of Nintendo's yeah. meddling or just time or whatever but it feels like you could do so much with this idea and you see little glimpses where they're trying to like push it into an interesting direction and then just falls back onto the tracks of oh it's a kids (laughs) film we've got to do the thing so yeah the mario movie i give it a wahoo out of five Good, there you go. Um, all right, should we move yeah, on? Yeah, let's move on. Yeah, so, um, Sam, are we talking about any anime? Yeah, we're going to... Have you got an anime for us to Have watch? a little chat about um, the hot new sensation that's sweeping the nation, and I do mean that in the literal sense. I was in Tokyo the other day, and I saw a massive poster of this on one of the buildings in central Shibuya. So it's quite a, a big premiere. So uh, this week, Will, we're going to talk about uh, Oshinoko, known as My Favourite Idol or Their Idol's Children, depending on how you read the kanji, um, which opened with a very controversial, I would say. Not controversial, maybe. Maybe unorthodox, I think is what I'm looking for. An unorthodox opening in that it was basically a movie, and it actually played in Japanese theatres. It's an hour and a half introduction to this um, series, which adapts the entire first volume of the manga. Um, What is going on here? What is, Will, Oshinoko? Okay, um, I'm actually a little bit emotional talking about this. This sh- this show surprised the hell out of me. Like, I genuinely was not expecting to go into something like this um, from 
I don't know, just from the vibe from the first part of the show. Yeah. So like the the plot is Okay, so first of all I was like, right, this is Full spoilers um, for the first episode, by the way. Oh yeah, full spoilers for the first episode, because it basically sets up the entire thing. And they even call it like a prologue, yeah. don't they? It's basically the setup for um, the, the actual story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a what did I write? What did I write? Did you oh, write? oh sorry, I'm completely I, I wrote like a breakdown of my thoughts as I went through. Yeah. And I can't find it. So I'm just gonna have to make it up. Um so first of all you get the main character. What's the main character's name anyway? The the doctor. Uh, he's dude. called just a doctor. Amemia. And he's a gynecologist working I'm at a not gonna remember that. place. Well, he, he gains a new that. name fairly quickly. So let's carry on with, with yeah, our gynecologist yeah. friend. Okay. So our gynecologist friend, he is in love with this idol, this 16-year-old girl. And we think, ah, okay. So we've got a creepy pr- predator here who uh, is obsessed with this teen idol. And idol culture then we like. find there's a bit more nuance to it because it's because of a patient he had who was obsessed with the yeah. idol. And then he, then that patient passed away and it was quite sad. And it was like, Oh, okay. That, that, that makes me feel a little bit better. But then there's still this sort of cre- a little bit creepy element yeah. to it, which one of his coworkers keeps calling which him. I'm out very about. glad for. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Call it as it is. And then, and then we're like, okay, so this girl comes in and she's pregnant. So the pop idol comes in and she is hundred percent pregnant. So the, the, she's pregnant and the doctor's there and i started to think right okay so this is going to be a relationship Mm. thing like it's a bit weird because she's only 16 but he looks like a young doctor maybe like they'll become friends and then when she's older like it'll be this long-term relationship thing and then they'll like he'll look after her and it'll be this nice slice of life thing and then this creepy he's outside and this creepy guy comes out and he's like is this where i is is this where the is your are you eyes doctor? And he's like, how do you know about I? How do you know her real name? How do you know she's here? And I'm like, okay, we've got a mystery. We've got a mysterious figure yep. here, and it's going to turn into a thriller. It's going to turn into a like a who is this character? There's conspiracy afoot. And then and then our doctor dies. And I'm like, what? He gets pushed off a cliff by this guy, and and. Well, then what happens? Oh, yeah. Then he Mashoku Tensei the hell yes, out he of us. He's and, been reincarnated, and baby. Then he gets reincarnated as an idol's baby, as the idol that he likes baby. And I'm like, oh, my God, we are doing this. It's Rui all over again. And is this made by the same people? Because there are there so are many similarities. similarities. But no, the uh, author uh, is actually the Just, person who wrote Kaguya-sama. Yeah. So this is from the same mind behind. Wow, me. very different. Absolutely, um, that's very different. Comes out okay. does seven years okay. of Kaguya. Ha ha ha! Fun, laughy rom com time. Yeah. Surprise. Yep. Your doctor's dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why not? Um, and then we get this growth of this character as a mm-hmm. baby. Thought processes, living life as a baby, as the pop idol sensation. I continues to take over the world. Eyes, baby. Yeah, and his, like, yeah. to be clear, the, the way that this uh, element of reincarnation seems to work in this universe is he's maintained all of his enemies, very similar to how Rudius has done uh, in Mashoka Tensei. And mm-hmm. he, yeah, and he can, seems to be able to communicate a lot earlier than he should be able to. Um, and he's just... In, well, yeah, because he's yeah, got all his memories. he's just enjoying being the baby of his favorite idol. Yes. Um, and then it's, it's a really interesting perspective because they, they, they jump around between the different main characters. They look from eyes perspective yep. at times. They look from, Oh, he's also a twin and the yes. twin. Okay. Big spoiler. The twin is the girl that he was looking after in hospital. She, that is, that's that girl, mm. the one that died. And, and we so know that but some he sort of like he doesn't know that yet. Um, but there's this like time delay thing going yeah. on then, um, where like she died years ago and then reincarnated 
later. So her belief in love was so yeah, strong had to, that it transcended time. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of like, um, what's the film? What's the Disney Pixar film um, about uh, souls? Soul. <laughs> soul. <laughs> the one about souls. So, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it gets onto the bus and it has to stay at a certain speed. And if it goes below a certain speed, then the bus will explode. And if it doesn't keep up at that same speed, then everyone will die. I think it was called the bus that could never slow down. <laughs> that family guy. But yes. Similar. Simpsons. Uh, yeah, soul reincarnation. Yeah. Very good. Um, so, yeah, so then she gets reincarnated as this baby and they both realize that they're both reincarnated because they've both got this high functioning um, memory and recall and uh, can talk and do stuff and then yeah it's basically about them trying to manifest a better life for i and to sort of like encourage mm. just 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 influence her life and be make be good children um and there's some quite funny bits there's some, oh, there's some it's, decent there's humor some, in this yeah it yeah i I, you know there's some classic stuff like there are so many mushoku Mm. tensei vibes it does some of it does feel a bit like we've seen this done um but i think it's what's what's really nice about um this is that there's some quite deep oh do do you know what there's so much i want to say about this like there's one thing that i really love about this is that um they there's this similarity with Mishaka Tensei in that they go, they try and make it very realistic mm. in. Yeah. And I know that sounds ridiculous when you talk about Mishaka Tensei because it's a complete fantasy general, world yes. and reincarnation stories. Mm. But like they, they go to extreme lengths to paint this world of the entertainment industry yes, and talk yes, about yes, yes. what it's like, the realities of that. Pull back the curse. And they look at like, yeah, and they look at like the real life implications and the real life journeys of the main characters. Um, so I, th- I think there's just a it, it makes it feel a lot. You buy into it a lot more. Mm. You know, we look at Eyes past and her sort of growing up and the way the the way the agent approached her and sort of like her backstory a little bit. We look at and we get that really painful look into the um, the girls. I don't know when what's oh her names what's her name in the actual yes. Ruby is the name of the baby but I can't remember uh, I her can't remember previous life yeah whatever so she was ill in the hospital and it shows her struggles and how her battles and how they're manifesting themselves just like just like mm. Rui in that like his his yeah. agoraphobia and here we have her like fearful to walk and dance because she couldn't before like she just didn't have like her body because she couldn't, couldn't before manage to make those movements and now bit weird though because she's spent she's she's like five well she's like five at this point or four or mm. five or something and we've never seen any of that trepidation in her walking or running or playing up until now it's only the dancing yeah. that seems to have i think it's because triggered it. she's like emulating her mum and because she's in that like there's a standard that she has to kind of get to, but also I'm guessing she could walk and do stuff before her illness took her. So that's something that she's... Well, we saw that she even struggled with that. Like she said, she fell down a Yeah, lot. I think once the illness kind of set um, in, definitely. So I, but I, I'm guessing when she was a kid, like yeah. before she got super sick, like it's, mm, it's yeah. still something natural there. But I could just be trying yeah. to make excuses for something that isn't well explained. Um, yeah yeah no that's that's fine i mean it, it, it didn't pull me out of it i was just but like you said about the um thought we that, that kind it, of yeah. stark look at the idol entertainment industry and you always hear yeah. um kind of second or third hand um if you're kind of getting into this this aspect of the culture of anime or uh, japanese culture in general or this idea of the idol culture and kind of that it can be a bit skeezy but also it's so big like it's almost everything's swept under the rug and i think uh, Oshino Ko does a really good job of showcasing that the reality of being one of these young girls going into an industry that makes more money than you can comprehend with fans that are so obsessive and just re- just shining a really stark light on that. Like we see a scene of how much Al makes, uh, I makes per uh, month. And that's 
barely a living wage. Yeah. Like if you convert that into pounds or, or dollars, like she's making less than two thousand yeah. dollars a month. I, th- I, th- I think you could take it out out of the the idle world as well, though. In general, and like the entertainment industry large, in yeah. general has these pockets has these pockets where like if you make it, you make it, and that's great. But like, wasn't there the whole? Co- I mean, again, I'm not I'm not up to I'm not up to date on current on sort of entertainment mm. news. I'm not like that's not something I follow. But wasn't there the whole big thing with Taylor Swift and like her, like her album belonged to the record company, so she had to re-record yeah. her first like three albums in order to kind of re-release yeah, them under yeah. her own label. So the original masters of those belonged to the company, and they weren't willing to give them back to her, so she left. Yeah, and I'm sure T- Taylor's been very. She's you know she she's done very well for herself. It's not like she's not mm. made money from that. But like, I think you go, there's a lot of places where you have seen like contracts being signed. Like I think even like things like X Factor and stuff have been criticized sometimes with the amount the acts actually get when they sign yeah. a contract deal. That's what, that's um, why all, all these bands and, go on know, tour. Like, it, the touring is what makes the money. Yeah. Like, yeah. The album sales and doesn't matter how many millions. Yeah. It yeah. It's, it's going to the record labels. Um, and for this show to laser focus in on the idol aspect of culture and that idea of you get these super fans and you get these people who are willing to buy all the merchandise and do everything. And yet, even with that, even if they're like chart topping, they're making pittance, but they're still so into it. Isn't that what Spotify was trying to sort out as well? Wasn't there something about like they were going to give out the, the, the artist got a certain percentage yeah. of every record. It was like every, every play or yeah. every like milestone of plays. Um, the artist would yeah, benefit yeah. from that on Spotify, but then, it still yeah. it, it didn't usurp the music industry enough. So now, yes, the artists will get a bit of a kickback from Spotify, but the industry just went, oh, that's an option that they're doing. Well, what if we just get in on it first? <laughs> and so the, the the record labels then <laughs> kind of intercept the artist. So yeah. if you're an independent artist, then you'll benefit from the system, but the huge artists really don't. And I think, again, something else to talk about that kind of independent style that the show does really well is that these idols that we're kind of really focusing on, they're up and coming, they're underground. They're not, they're still having to do all of their performances, learn their choreography, learn their dances, learn their songs, work, 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 work harder than anybody else. And it's for a chance to make it big. And knowing that there are so many, idols, yeah. like, there are fucking thousands of idol groups out there. Like they are, Okay, but Sam, right. I hate to be like I completely agree. I think I think I think the industry is a bit warped and like what you're saying paints it in a very bad light. But at the same time, the way they describe it in the show is that you have whole teams, you have dozens and dozens mm. of people potentially working on these idols' careers. Those yeah. are their careers as well. Like you've got technicians you've got publicists you've got uh you know sponsorship you know people working on sponsorship deals you've got agents you've got you know just cast and crew it is you know they are mm. working hard as well like the the limelight and from this perspective is on that idol but who's saying that they're working just because you say they're working harder than everyone else doesn't make it true. Like the person whose job it is to man the camera, he's gone to yeah. college, he's studied hard, he's developed his skill craft, and then he's working. And he needs he needs room. He needs pay, fair um, decent wage for that, that as well. As well so I think through the show, everyone in the that, director, like the yeah. director who's trying to make a film, that's yeah, yeah, successful, yeah, who still lives with his mum. We we do see both sides of the coin there. My, my yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Issue with with you saying about like the camera guys and the sound guys and the guys sorting out all the deals is the fact that they have a pretty consistent gig. You can still be a like if you're a good cameraman, you don't have to be locked into the specific idol group. Like you can just get work doing cameraman work wherever. Like obviously that's simplifying it. It's probably a lot more difficult. Okay. But in the case of an idol group, if your popularity wears off and it goes, that's it. It's game over. You're done. And you're still not getting paid the right amount. If you are doing something mm. technical and you're working for, say, a studio, then it doesn't. You'll be filming twelve idol groups, and you'll still have that same job. So you think there should be more room, raw enumerate, more renumerate, renumeration for the career path itself being less stable. I'm not saying 
that in particular like obviously if it's if you're if you if you're up i mean it's not it's not a bad idea an idol group like and you don't have the like receipts to prove that you're going to be effective or prove that you're going to be a hit then of course you're probably not going to get paid the same amount i think what's interesting about the show and this look at idol culture in general is that we're getting to see the struggle to get to the big time and it's, it's a tale as old as time we see it all the time in western media of like yeah independent yeah. artists yeah like carol like tuesday the guy picks up his guitar and tries his best to like watch like he's but he starts off busking and then he goes up yeah, into the big yeah. leagues and ed sheeran's story ed sheeran's exactly. story um and i think it's just interesting now seeing it so specifically focused on idols because usually idol shows celebrate the the friendship and the teamwork and the songs and the music and the love for performing. Whereas this is focusing on the actual nitty gritty of what it means to be an idol day to day on top of being a teen mother, which I think yeah. is a really interesting angle to yeah. come at. Yeah. And again, I'm not, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is an interesting angle and I, I'm not, I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit, but I think um, it's always, it's always interesting to sort of think about it. Like if you were, if you were someone else in this, in this situation, you'd be like, you'd also, you'd also say with that trepidation and that sort of uncertainty and uh, of, of that career, you also have a lot of pros with like the limelight always being on you. And people yeah. would look at that quite enviously. So like people in that career with supporting you, you'd be like, like, yeah, you're getting paid this and we're getting paid. But you get the fame, the same or the whatever, egos. but like, you get the fame, you get the adoration and you get all of that. And that's another good thing that the show does well is that flip side of being famous and that social media and the trolls mm, and the trolling oh, yeah, online. Yeah. Um, I really, I, I really enjoyed the sort of, they, they do it sort of, they don't go into it too heavy. Mainly it's through the, it's mainly it's on through Twitter. just kicking <laughs> off online. Twitter debates with um, other people. <laughs> yeah. Just abusing people. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's nice to sort of show that strain on um, I because they do a little bit. And in the end, that's what yeah. comes around and gets her. Um, so for those of us, for those of you that haven't seen the first episode, I implore yep. you to go and watch it because it it does take some twists along the way. Um, but full spoilers the end of the episode i get stabbed and killed. murdered um by one of her fans and it's the same guy doctor. that killed Aqua. um our doctor aquamarine Aqua. what a name <laughs> um aquamarine yeah i know proper absolutely you know, celebrity <laughs> child baby name um you know i i, I kind of yeah. like it i'm kind i kind of dig it <laughs> aqua yeah yeah it's dope <laughs> um so yeah um what were we saying? Yeah, so this is the same guy that killed yep. Aqua in his previous life. And you know what? I did make a bad call halfway through. I was like, it's the director. It's the director. Ooh. Because he had the long hair and I was like, the, the long dark hair. And I was like, ah, oh, it's it's him. And then it, and then the guy comes back. And um, I mean, the director could still be in it because now, now it's to... So, okay. So shifting genres completely, we've gone from this isekai fantasy reincarnation thing and now it's like okay that was all just a prologue well done for sitting through that and now it's um, yeah it's, it's like it's a, going, a thriller mystery again <laughs> now it's i've got it's a whodunit yeah it's it's full death note exactly i i thought the exact same thing i was thinking this feels very death notey we're going to get a lot of inner monologues a lot of plotting a lot of sort of like calculating thoughts from aqua from, as he goes um, aqua as he goes and tries tries to investigate and find out and like he's already calculating enough for, uh, and i guess this is the similarity between all the things we've talked about because it's that high mm. intelligence at a young age like l uh, not l lights yagami had it, um, has in it Death in... Note. and rudius has it and here we have aqua having it and it's that ability it, it's it's just like how do you get your character to be better than yeah, everyone else because of memories we, first. this story won't work if he's yeah, not the exactly. smartest person in the room and yeah. it's so interesting just to see the fact that the show literally jumps throughout four different genres in the first again it's, a, it's a basically a movie a prologue movie and it just and i was along for the ride for pretty much yeah. all of it like that final scene when the teenagers now and they're going to high school and they're walking out the door 
And I'm like, yeah. All right. Okay. I felt something. I'm in. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. He looks cool as hell. He's got like that kind of sad and stoic like (laughs) look going on. He's and. Yeah, but just also like in control, like I know exactly. I'm, what I need I've to got do. a mission. I'm on it, and like just so I'm focused. Good. Yeah, yeah, and I, and we didn't even talk about yeah peak peak it's Yagami. Peak Yagami. <laughs> is this peak Yagami? <laughs> He's out Yagami the Yagami. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, like that's even before getting into all the talk of um, Aqua when he's a kid, like acting, actually acting in a production, and like. Him understanding yeah, the yeah. director wants him to be yeah. himself and just be the creepy little kid that know that seems to know too much. Like, it's so brilliant how that's mm. he's in into the industry and now that's how he's going to use those ties to start exploring stuff. Um, I do want to kind of briefly rewind to the big, I guess, possibly the biggest twist of the episode, which is Eye's death. Um, how did you feel during that scene? Mm. Because... Oh, it was Horrific. brutal. Absolutely brutal. It was, it was so, I, and, and do you know what? I was, as soon as it happened, I was like, she's gone. Like as soon as she gets shanked there in the, in the doorway of her flat, I'm like, yeah, there's no coming back from this. They're not sticking this in there to do anything other than rip the whole thing apart. There, there is no way she's coming back. It's not. And it was just that realization and the things she was saying, the fact that she finally was able to say, and then we get all those flashbacks. And I was like, yeah, they built this up far too, far too much for her to just come back. Shot of her She's there with the and, like, it's one of the best drawn, like and the silhouette. I, I say panel. It's not a panel because obviously it's, it's an anime, but they're drawing from that and just the detail and the hair and the lighting and the blood and the eyes and just everything. As she finally kind of confesses to her kids and she says that she, she finally feels that she's able to say that she loves them as she's bleeding out in her own home. And it, and, the, and Ruby's banging on the and door. And then you've got the, the behind the door. Jeez. Yeah. It's just, it's... It's yeah. hard, man. It was such a hard watch. But it's so good as well. Like I was, That's what's propelled this to yeah. be a fan favourite so far. It's just so yeah. sad. Like she finally had everything, and then we find out it's yeah, the, he the dad's out behind that it's like it, or at least the only person like the who conclusion could know where we are and leak this information would be our father. And it's like, ah, oh. I don't know whether that's an. I don't know whether that would be the right conclusion, to be honest, because he hasn't heard the conversation. Yeah, he hasn't heard I tell tell dad where they were. So from I was going to say Agra. Rui from. Um, Aqua's perspective from Aqua's perspective the mm. dad doesn't have any information and from Aqua's perspective there are about three people that potentially could do it it's like the director the director's wife and maybe some of her idol friends or like someone really close to her in that regard I think if he'd have overheard the conversation with dad Makes I think that sense, would yeah. have been enough to convince me because he'd have been He'd have been like, right, it's this, this has happened now because he's the one that's just found out where she is. But it does seem a bit of a leap to go to him when, as far as he's concerned, mm. there's been no contact. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I see where you're coming from. Do you from. not think? Um, from our perspective, it makes sense because we've seen the behind the yeah. scenes. We've seen what's going I've, on. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, that just leans into him yagamiing his way around stuff. Like he needs to have that focus okay to hook us yeah on that on that there is a slight i don't know whether it's a criticism but it's a slight observation that i'm not sure Mm. is a deliberate thing because if it's not deliberate if it's accidental i think it's a negative towards the show if it's deliberate because of something that's going to come up later that's fine but something with mushoku tensei and Mm. this is that the universe seems to be pulling them in a certain direction things seem to land in a certain way like the director chooses the child to come to be part of the Mm. show to be part of the film and and aqua just happens to have the skill set that he's looking for in order to fit into that role perfectly like there's a lot that seems to just the universe is tailoring itself to fulfill the narrative and I feel like that happens in Mushoku as well a lot, where like the people that he comes the across, the opportunities that happen, he's just got mm. to fill that situation. 
now there is an explanation caveat to that there is an explanation like the fact that there's re- reincarnation at some all sort of suggests that there's or... like a prophecy or something to mm. some sort of journey to go on and that's kind of explored in mushoku yes, when we get God, like the, the deity the sort of stuff faceless new 3d dude who turns up every now and then and that yeah 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 but that hasn't been explored here and to me i'm just a bit like is that the way you're leaning towards this is that what they're leaning into here or is that just mm. because they need to tell a narrative so that things are happening are they are they going with coincidence or are they going Stop with divine yeah it's interesting because um, obviously the reincarnation aspect yeah. of it weighs so heavily in that in this first part because the fact that they're reincarnated is why they're able to form these plans and why the suffering and it is so like painful for them like when it actually all comes around and why they're then able to go and become these detectives and and to have this second chance but that again like you say there's no explanation for how this works yet and whether they're going to explore that later down the line yeah. could be a possibility like why those two like was it something special to i is it just how the rules work in this universe are there others like them are they the only examples there's a lot up in the air and the episode kind of mm. again because it's an hour and a half to adapt an entire manga volume's worth of stuff i guess it's here's the premise here's the characters as they stand we'll get into the rest of the nitty-gritty later in the season let's go yeah yeah, yeah. i kind of do like that i kind of do like that because it's just, it's just the way it's sort of like and that's the prologue. I now love we're getting it. into the actual show. It's like when a show just okay. Goes, so this is what I'm getting into. And ages I, and I, of what you expect hope, this to be, and then it's just like end of prologue. And I'm like, what did you just say? Yeah. And you know what? It really excites yeah. me because you know how much I love Death Note, and I think that's. I think it genuinely excites me for the and i just I, i'm just scared that they're going to do another twist yeah. and it's going to change genre again and it's going to go all it's <laughs> going to go all attack on titan sort of yeah the, well the, you know the mm. the hive mind stuff going on in the in the paths whatever the beyond paths yeah um so i don't know i'm, I'm very excited to see where it goes though um have you got anything else you want to discuss um, before we before just the we music? Um, Yasubi does uh, the idol mm-hmm. song, and which is actually yeah. the OP. So good, mate. the The OP, the song that lands at the end, and I let the yes. OP play for the next episode as well. I was just, I was vibing. I was just absolutely vibing in in, in this room. It was this dark last night. Good. I was like, yeah, no, the well, music is well, great. Well I think this. they did a great job. Yasubi has yeah. uh, is known for they did B Star season two's opening. They also did work on uh, Gundam Witch of Mercury this season. So they're a well known band and they're very popular. So they absolutely nailed it with this one. So yeah, and for and. And a air quotes idol show it's probably good that the idol music actually sounds good otherwise you know the whole thing kind of falls apart <laughs> yeah 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 no, that's fair um although it doesn't because it's no longer an idol show so that's fine <laughs> um the only other thing that i want to just bring up is how dare they how dare they put a post-credit sequence oh on the bro after as if my heartstrings couldn't be like ripped out any further. Oh, I know. Oh, damn it. It was it was sweet. It was sweet. And I was just like, how oh, could you do not this doing it? You absolute arseholes. Um But yeah, I think uh, if I was gonna I, I think I would absolutely recommend this show based on this first episode. I would recommend it to anyone who's new to anime, old to anime. I think it's really nicely put together yeah. i think some of the visuals some of the dance choreography and like those those big poppy moments are incredible i think it really makes you buy into the idol world um so they actually animated it i'm just like yes good mm, okay yeah <laughs> um i love the characters i think they're really cool i like i like that the, the, there's their there's that still unknown like they're now they're six yeah. now they're like 16 or whatever in high school age and they're going off yeah, like we what just skipped like twelve years. Do they know who each other are yet? 
And I'm assuming not because the audience wants to see that. The audience wants to see that reveal. So I'm assuming they still don't know who that other person was that they actually knew each other in the previous Yeah, life. how do you just but never like, bring that up? to right? that stage and still not have had that I conversation? Just like, so, last life? Yeah. Uh, um, you know how we're both in this really weird position? Let's yeah. Let's maybe find out a bit about each other. Let's ask some questions. I'd just be like, so, do you remember the Mario movie? <laughs> like, do you remember... Chris Pratt, just right? trying to Crazy. vibe their age. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, I would recommend it to all. Give it a shot. It's emotional. Yeah. It's, a, it's a bit odd in terms of concept, but, you know, nothing that I don't think people can buy yeah. into. Um, I would give it Ooh. a... Oh, I would give it a reincarnated baby out of 10. Wow. Uh, I would give it a hit idol song out of 10. Good, good. Yeah, I like that too. Um, Fab. All right. Should we move on? Let's move on. Let's do it. All right. Well done to Oshinoko for impressing us and getting us invested in this world of reincarnation, gynecologists and idols. Not three things I was... <laughs> thinking i would put into a sentence today but here we go uh welcome to yeah. slice of life where we kind of catch up talk about things and just get it, it's self-indulgent we do this for us uh will what have you been yes. up to yeah, yeah absolutely uh, this past week and a bit two weeks actually uh today yeah um i've been i fell into a bit of a guilty pleasure watching married at first sight mm. um so look people are going to scoff at it it's reality ah. tv let's at the end of the day let's be honest it's not um highbrow stuff but i love trash social TV. experiments i love <laughs> i love trash tv as well i love um you know i you you did sam did yourself did psychology at um university yes, i did and i did it at a level and i i've always had a fascination with social interaction and sort of you know, things like mob mentality yeah. and, you know, the reasons behind the decisions that we make and the things that we say. I think it's fascinating. And this show unpicks it quite well. I really like how they, they you know, they, they put two together. You've got three, special, three experts, they're called, who are either psychiatrists or relationship experts or whatever. And they match people together based on a whole range, a, a really long process where they ask loads of questions. They give them loads of scenarios and they weigh them all up to try and find people that would be best suited. And as you can imagine, you know, they're real people. So like sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But watching, the, but it, it, it goes about it in what I would say is a believable scientific, as scientific as way as possible for a reality show. It's not done. I don't think it's done too much to be just for entertainment purpose no it is obviously it's made for a show but i i feel like it's as genuine as it could be for a reality tv show it's not done as like um you know like a first dates or a the um, you know it's not there just for kind of yeah like shock yeah it, it's, it's there it's like it seems like exactly. there's actually a bit more going on under the hood yeah yeah um absolutely and they have loads of meetings and stuff and there's loads of like unpicking of character there's some interesting characters um and yeah i just find it really fascinating it genuinely sparks an interest of mine mm. in looking at human character and the reasons people do the things they do and looking beyond that because i i'm a true believer in like people aren't innately bad they don't do things to be bad yeah. in their mind they're doing things for a reason ah, you also and... described to the well-written villain theory <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess, yeah. Rather, I, I pres prescribe to the Joker theory rather than Voldemort. Yeah, theory, I, I, I always just... like it when there's a character who, like in any piece of media, it's like, okay, he's objectively the antagonist, but is he the bad guy? Is he just a cackling maniac, or is he doing something like Yagami? He believes is is genuinely good. Yeah, like Yagami, he believes mm. wrongly or not that he is helping people and obviously yeah yeah so yeah so this show um like, what's been the most standout moment for you on, on it so far like has there been anything where you've been like wow this is actually either really interesting or just like 
Yeah, so there's together. one particular character. So I'm watching um, Married at First Sight Australia, Australia. which um, is currently coming coming to a close. Um, yeah, how you going? It's it's, it's very fun. There's there's just little constant on the phrases and stuff. Watch ya. Um, and there's one character in particular, Harrison. So if you if they know if people have seen this series, they'll know who I'm on about. Um, he's just um, he's very toxic very manipulating very controlling almost to like the point of being a caricature of that type of person he gaslights the hell out of his partner and it's really painful to watch like she has gone away and come back so many times and every single time he's like he's the problem like 100 percent. he says stuff and manipulates her emotionally manipulates her and then and then twists it and is like i need you to show me trust i need to i need to be able to trust you like you keep doing this you keep doing that and you don't give me this commitment you don't give me you don't show me this and it's incredibly upsetting and like painful to watch so like you know it's 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 infuriating um but just to watch that develop and like him be so sort of on the surface blatant that this is going on and you know what's hard is what what's interesting is how well he does it to the rest of the group so like they all get together for these meetings and dinners where they like just talk about stuff and everyone always tries to call him out, but it's really hard to pinpoint exactly what he's saying. So he blurs the lines and grays everything Mm. and sort of feigns and and sort of lowers everything he does right down and raises everything, his partner and everything else and diverts and sort of, um, you know, yeah, diverts everyone's opinions. Like someone will be targeting him, and he'll bounce it off onto someone else, and and just very, very, really powerful strategies for like not getting caught and, and, and like being a dickhead. Yeah, and I just find it fascinating to sort of explore what what perspective he's coming at it mm. from because in his head, he's going to be thinking it's either like a, a fight and flight, like he's just avoiding that pressure but like there's clearly insecurities and things there that make him do these things and make him act this way not that it's okay like he's he's an absolute (laughs) arsehole but i'm just very curious and the the the, the, i think yeah it's starting to come to an end now and it's quite interesting but um yeah so that's been fun Um, i'm glad you're enjoying it even if it is and harrowing watching of uh, a sociopath being a sociopath (laughs) yeah yeah um i've also just yesterday bought um, the fourth book of the Death Note. Ah, so, the black um, I'm going. To, I'm going. Volumes. To, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was that yeah. the elusive so one? It, it wraps. Yeah, yeah. They had it in um, Waterstone, so I don't know whether um, it's not elusive anymore. But um, I, uh, it's the one that wraps up the um, the first Ooh. arc. So I'm going to read that later. <sighs> so good. Speaking of Death Note, yeah, excellent. So good. Oh my God, yes. What, what What have you been up to? Um, I haven't up to much work's been pretty busy um but yeah uh, i had i did start playing xenoblade chronicles 2 torna the golden country uh which acts as a 500 uh, year is it as good as xenoblade chronicles 1 definitive edition uh it's pretty good though i would have to give the probably the doff of my cap to xenoblade chronicles 1 uh if i was being Yes. Very harsh. So would I. Um, so this is actually a prequel to Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It takes place 500 years before the game. Obviously, yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah, right. It's just how it's yeah, done. I know. You know everything right. about Xenoblade. I actually gave uh, my partner yeah. a Xenoblade breakdown today because I was, I was playing it and they came in <laughs> and said uh, they were really enjoying the cutscenes because it's um, from Xenoblade 1. It was recorded in the UK. So we get like this, like all the cat people are Welsh all of the tech people are Scottish. Nice. Um, there's a bunch of Brits running around and they've started introducing Americans. So they were really enjoying the accents. And they were like, <laughs> oh, so like, who's this character? I was like, okay, you need to sit down. And you were like, right, pause I, no, game. Literally, I said, <laughs> yeah. wait till the cutscene's done. Wait till the end of it. And then I went, I got yeah. the boxes of all the games. I sat there for about 20 minutes and was like, hey, this is Xenoblade. <laughs> this is what Xenoblade is. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm probably not explaining it in the best way because my brother's a much bigger Xenoblade fan than I am. But yeah, it's really good. It's really fun. It's a really fun set of games. It's uh, they're critically acclaimed, and I'll be starting Xenoblade three when I come back to the UK uh, this summer. So that'll be fun. I'm gonna look into Xenoblade. 
Um, Please do. Yeah, that's good stuff. And yeah, that's um, about it for me, to be honest. Short, sweet. It's really right, good yeah. fun. Cool. Really interesting story with characters from the main game uh, that are fan favourites. And the combat feels like a bit mm. of a step up. And I'm hoping that stays the same for three. So yeah, that would that'd be it for me. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, we'll leave it there, guys. Thank you all for listening. If you got this far, we love and appreciate you. If you didn't get this far, we're, we're, we like you yeah. too. Not but, as much you know, as the other guys. Stick around. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Thank you very much. Uh, hit us up on Instagram and Twitter, and we'll see you next week in the anniversary.